That's all. That's all, folks. That's all, folks. Actually, we are two laboratory mice who wish to be on your show as part of an intricate plan to take over the world. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the Style Guide Podcast. I'm Dave Morris, and uh, across the table from me is my good friend Stephen Orr. How are you, Steve? I'm great, Dave. How about yourself? Good. This is uh, this is fun. This uh, this podcast we have two new elements that we don't normally have. We have uh, the first element is that we're actually face to face. I can see your face. I can see you have a lovely face. Yeah, this is awkward. Some of the audio quality might not be as good because we're so close, but we'll see how it goes. Uh, and not only do we have uh, our faces next to each other, we also have other faces at the table. Uh, some guests are going to be joining us for this podcast, Evo. Yeah, so today we've got uh, someone very special to you, Scott Thompson. Yes, Mr. Scott Hi. Thompson. Hi, Scott. How are you? I'm doing very well, thanks. Uh, happy to be here. Thanks for having me on. Oh, it's a pleasure. Thanks. Uh, you, you like cartoons. I am a cartoon sometimes, it feels like. Uh, and then we have uh, next to uh, sitting next to me at the table is someone that's very special to you, Stevo, which is uh, Missy Peters. Hey there, how's it going? Good, good. How are you doing, Missy? I'm doing pretty good. I have been watching cartoons uh, to prepare for today, so I'm I'm well versed. She just watches cartoons. Uh, the preparation had nothing to do with today. Uh, Don't this is, help me. Oh. This is my wife. I know her cartoon watching habits. <laughs> So, Steve, we're talking about cartoons today. Uh, anything you want to start with before I, we launch into it? Well, uh, cartoons are not my specialty. It's it's not my wheelhouse. It's not something that I mean. I watched as a kid, I'm sure, but uh, as an adult, I am not a cartoon aficionado. That is, I think, why we have guests on the show today. Well, I'm interested. Why did you choose that as a topic then? Well, one of the things is that cartoons are becoming increasingly popular, not just for kids but for adults. There's uh, there's a growing and part of this is the tie-in of comic books and, and that. But it's cartoons are becoming an art form in their own right. They're more and more popular. Star Wars is going into a cartoon direction with some of its new properties. Marvel does the same thing. And then we've got a lot of uh, really interesting cartoons like Samurai Jack that, that take the children's art form and transcend a children's show. And so I think that's one of the reasons we wanted to do it. Yeah. Well, and, and in addition to the kind of influence of superheroes, I think the fact that the technology is getting better and cheaper, like you can make cartoons for cheaper and cheaper of higher and higher quality, uh, and a lot of outsourcing too. Uh, I think it's definitely Futurama gets gets all their work done in South Korea, but uh, that happens quite a bit on other properties. Uh, but also the influence of anime making it more adult, like that that's more and more appropriate. And things like Adult Swim, like that there are venues for those more adult shows. Yeah, so I mean, uh, before we launch into too much about cartoons, like what, uh, what, what is a cartoon, Steve-O? Is a cartoon anything that is just drawn? Like if, uh, if I draw like a, a comic strip and make it come to life by flipping through the pages, does that count as a cartoon? Or is there, there more to it that makes it a cartoon? Just so we know what we're talking about today, because I don't want to get like lost. And start bringing up, you know, like, uh, like you know, Mad Max, and everyone's like, "That's not a cartoon," even though much of it was computer-generated images that we could claim are animated. Yeah, well, and and increasingly, as as computer-generated imagery becomes a huge part of cinema, the the Hobbit movies are, you know, ninety percent animated. Not not that they're animated, but just the movies. The movies. But, uh, <laughs> and, and you would not in any world call those comics. And so I think we're clear that there is a distinction between something that is using live actors as live actors and then adding effects onto them versus uh, properties that are primarily built around animation. Precisely. So something like Pixar is definitely an animated studio, even though the good dinosaur started to approach a lot of animation to the point that it looked like a computer-generated image, like it looked like a real rock. So, but it's still a cartoon. Yeah, and so we're reaching this point where it's going to be even harder to make these sorts of distinctions, especially with things that Pixar is doing where they're having actors stand in the roles for a rough cut of the film and then animating something completely separate. Right. Like, is Avatar, the movie Avatar, a cartoon? Because so many of the characters were animated. 
Well, it is a joke, but whether it's a cartoon <laughs> is the question. Oh. Is is Who Framed Roger Rabbit a cartoon? Because there's a lot of cartoon characters crossed with real actors. Does it count as a cartoon? Thompson, you look like you're I, dying. I, you're I, dying to argue. Well, about I was going to. I was going to say that I. I would say Rod, Who Framed Roger Rabbit is not a cartoon. It uses cartoons. It uses animation, but it is not in itself a cartoon. Well, and uses kind of the tropes of classic cartoons. You know, like, when you ask what is a cartoon, part of that gets to what do we think of when we see a cartoon? What do we mean? Yeah, I mean, well, I, I just want to know, like, when I say uh, Who Friend Roger Rabbit is not a cartoon, uh, is that right? And I think it is. I think it totally is, because it's not a cartoon. It has cartoons in it, but the whole thing is not animated. So to me, it's like the whole thing must be animated for it to be a cartoon. Yes. Correct. That's where I come from, the whole thing. Now, does that mean... They can't have actors standing in. They then get animated over top of. Like The Matrix Reloaded, not a cartoon. But The Animatrix. The Animatrix. The Animatrix is definitely is. a cartoon. Now, did they have actors standing in for characters in The Animatrix? No. For the rough draft of it? I don't think, uh, no, I don't think, th- I think that was animated by completely different groups. Yeah. So. And so we're talking about like the, the concept of a cartoon film or television series. But there are also the idea of a cartoon character. Like, like you know, a, we would refer to Yogi Bear as a cartoon character yes would we refer to Gollum as a cartoon character no no because he is completely animated he is but the world in which he is embedded isn't well but that's the thing that's what I mean by a cartoon character like Fred Flintstone is a cartoon character if if they did a cartoon movie or they did a Fred Flintstone movie where Fred was a cartoon character and animated but the rest of the movie wasn't would we still refer to Fred Flintstone as a cartoon character in that movie is Jessica Rabbit a cartoon character my I, I kind of feel like the to answer whether Gollum is a cartoon or not, I think he existed first in a literary world. He didn't. He wasn't illustrated in any way, shape, or form. So I wonder if that. Sure. Has I, I don't think. I don't think whether it's been adapted into a cartoon or not makes him a cartoon or not. I would say what really defines a cartoon, as opposed to what you're, what we're talking about, is like computer generated specifically that looks real. Cartoons for me often look unreal. It is the element of uh, simplicity or heightened uh, art or imagery that makes it exist in an unreal world. Great. And that's what I'm looking for. It's like, what are the things that make it a cartoon, right? Like the Mona Lisa is, is, a, is a drawing and it's a painting. I guess it's not a drawing. It's a painting. <laughs> um, <but laughs> it's a sketch. It's, it's, a, it's a But it's not a cartoon. We would not refer to that as a cartoon. And some cartoons aren't moving. They're just like a little cartoon that someone draws on a, on a piece of paper. You could draw it and call it a cartoon, perhaps. Well, and uh, weren't the early South Parks done with construction paper? Like, they weren't hand-drawn, were they? They look that way. I I actually don't know that answer. I don't know. Um, but but it wouldn't surprise me if, if that no. were the case. I mean, to, to bring this a little bit different, is Claymation cartoon, gonna... right? Because Claymation for a while seemed like it was going to be a popular sort of style. Gumby, is no. he a cartoon character? I will argue against that. That is clearly stop motion. Yeah, I would say it's a series of photographs, not a series of uh, illustrations. Okay, great. But then if it has to be illustrations, what about computer-generated cartoons? They're still illustrated. They're still illustrated, yeah. Um, so, But it has to be like a drawing. Because like, once it's real-life things that you're just taking photos of and making them animate, I don't think that's a cartoon. Well, the, the, but that's the thing. A lot of the very early cartoons, like there are, there are Mickey Mouse that, that were a series of photographs as opposed to an, anima- uh, an animated in the way we would talk about it now property. And we would call that stuff cartoons, stop-motion cartoons, maybe. Mm-hmm. Stop motion animation. Yeah, and so there's there this animation question. So I think what we're talking about today, then, as far as cartoons, is uh, illustrations or drawings, however you want, whatever word you want to use, illustrations that are animated to look like uh, moving pictures, not real life objects that are animated, uh, or uh, real life objects with animation put over top within it. And still, there's still some existing real life things in there. We would not consider that a cartoon. But if everything has been animated through images, then we are we're talking about cartoons. I think that's fair, and that's how we get around the Roger Rabbit and the Space Jam. Yeah. Kinda. Oh, Space, Space Jam. Jam! I want that to be a cartoon, but <laughs> well, it's not. Wishes don't make it so, Scott. I know <laughs> that's not how the style guide works. <laughs> we get into semantics. <laughs> We, Great. So with that, yeah. yeah. Yeah, so we so we have this rough structure of what we're talking about, so we know where 
where we're not going to be going into. And so, sorry, Gumby, you don't count. Um, yeah, and what I want to know before we get into to what makes uh, good cartoons and bad cartoons and all that is I just want to know what is uh, what was everyone's introduction to cartoons? When What was the first cartoon you think of when you think of like, ah, this was my intro into the world of cartoons as children or as, as adults, maybe, if you had a sheltered life? I had a sheltered life. Uh, so my intro to cartoons was incredibly boring and sad, but uh, Saturday morning cartoons, right? Like, that's my earliest memory of Saturday morning cartoons, but we weren't allowed to watch any of the good ones. So I just remember watching Winnie the Pooh, the early hand-drawn Winnie the Pooh cartoon. Wow. Yeah. Wow. Winnie that the was your Pooh. introduction? Yep. Did you love it? I loved it. Yeah. Well, he was I a cute it. old snuggalug stuffed with fluffums. Exactly. And not the new Disney, <laughs> Disney-fied version where it's like the colors are super bright and stuff. This was still like Hundred Acre Woods. Okay. Okay. Wow. Cool. Well, uh, pretty sad. Mine was my first experience with cartoons was also Saturday morning cartoons um, on MTN, which is the Manitoba Television Network from a long time ago. I still remember their jingle, uh, and it would have been. Um, it starts with um, the two mascots were Bucky and Beef. There were these puppets that would come on and talk to you. So Manitoban. <laughs> <laughs> Um, and, uh, the jingle was, now that I'm forced to think about it, I, I hum it to myself, but I can't. I'm surprised, because, like, YTV is, like. Universal. Yeah. For Canadians. I don't know the YTV jingle. No, but, like, the that's zone. where the cartoons yeah. were on. Yeah. That's where I went when I was a teenager, or early preteen for cartoons. But yeah. what was your first cartoon? My first cartoon would have been, um, probably My Pet Monster. Um, that was, I think, 88, 89, I think, is the one that I, I watched. Monster. Monster. Yeah. But I think the one that I, the one that I first latched onto because I, I watched it religiously was Sonic the Hedgehog. Uh, there were several different incarnations of it. Uh, several different incarnations, but the, the one that I remember the most would have been Sonic, uh, just Sonic the Hedgehog. That's what it was called, because Sonic Adventures was something different. That's funny. Yeah, that's funny, because you're making, you're making me, sh- we're seeing the age gap here, like, and we aren't that far apart either, like maybe four or five years right, difference between all Mario of us, Brothers? like at most. No, not Mario Brothers. My like my first cartoons, what I'm thinking are like like gummy bears. Oh, gummy bears! Know, which is like gummy bears, bears bouncing here and there and everywhere, and like and like the Smurfs, and that old. Uh, I think see I, the cartoons I, I connect with the most, like Saturday morning cartoons, yes, and like X Men and and all that. But it was the like before school cartoons that were on during the weekdays that came on at like seven thirty yeah. or so or seven that we would watch before like we'd go to school, and it was like uh, the Smurfs was on because it was like old and in syndication, you know, so they could just show it every day. They didn't have to wait for Saturdays. And that five minute Hercules cartoon that I don't oh, know, oh right, but where he's like Herc Herc, and it's the little like. Fawn guy and he and Hercules had the ring, which I don't oh even gosh. has nothing to do with Hercules at all. What kind of an education did were you given through cartoons? I was lied to. I thought Hercules had a <laughs> ring, and that's how he fought the lion and did his great deeds. Not true. I need to change my answer now because Be- the Hercules. Because yes, Greek myths were true, Dave. <laughs> <There's> <laughs> they, a true version of those stories. They, yeah, they took this true story and made it not true. Um, so those are the cartoons that I connect with the most. Are those like really old that were in syndication by the time I was a kid? So like the Sonic the Hedgehog to me is like a brand new cartoon when I think of it. Like, oh, that's like brand new. That's like that's right like, up there with like Rebel Force One or whatever that Star Wars one that is out that we watch. What's the one? Rebel Star Wars. Wars. Rebels. Clone yeah. Wars. It's like Clone Wars, brand new. Rebels is after Rebels. that. You are an old man waving at kids on his lawn. <laughs> and what about today? you, slightly younger man? Well, see, that's the funny thing because Sonic the Hedgehog seems up there with those Donkey Kong cartoons or the Mario TV show. Yeah, the Mario TV show. Like, I remember that. Is that a cartoon? It isn't. It's a TV show. Not but even. It did remotely. have some cartoon elements in it. Yeah, and it was paired with the Zelda TV show, which was a cartoon. On Fridays, they would show the Zelda one. It was the best day of the week. But that's an adult memory for me. I think <laughs> if, if I'm if I'm talking about like my first ca- uh, cartoon experiences, I'm the Flintstones, like oh, the yeah. like the prime time television Flintstones, which we ended up seeing Flintstones, whenever. Meet, meet the, the Flintstones. Flintstones, which is very much the same song as the Jetsons. Now that I think of it, as well. Yeah, they did not put any work into that. Mm, no, nope, no, it's all. different. It's, it's totally different. It's different. The Flintstones is like a song, like the Flintstones. Meet the. Fl-. It's got musicality to it. Where the Jetsons is like, meet George Jane. Jetson. Dun dun dun. Meet Jane, his wife. 
It's very different. You you lack episodic memory, so you you aren't sure what any of these sound like, do you? No, I have no idea. Anyway, there. continue. But but so it's the Jetsons, it's the Flintstones, it's those sorts of cartoons that I I remember uh, probably first in my childhood, and then. If I had to pick something that wasn't like that old primetime stuff, I'd go Ren and Stimpy. Like that's the the other you direction are I went. So young that came out in my teenage years. Yeah, Ren and Stimpy. A, that's a teenage teenager uh, comic or oh, cartoon. Stimpy. Ooh, cartoon. Teenage but it, cartoon. but it really sticks with me, Ren and Stimpy, in a way that like I wouldn't have thought of the Sonic ca- cartoon mm-hmm. ever. If you had asked me to list cartoons, Sonic would have never come up. Never. Whereas Ren and Stimpy is somewhere on my just immediate uh, yeah, brain. Right. Ren and Stimpy is like right next to Back to the Future, the cartoon. For you. I I have a vivid memory of watching the Back to the Future cartoon. It's it's up there for everybody, Stephen. No, 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 it's not, Dave. There are very few people who know that Back to the Future cartoon exists. Probably for the best. Um, <laughs> cool. Well, that's our intros into cartoons. That's pretty neat. Yeah, so fairly different. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> no one else was really into Winnie the Pooh? Come on. No. I don't remember. Uh, I don't have memories of that one, but I have so many memories of other cartoons. What about like the bad Saturday morning cartoons? Like my brother was into Bucky O'Hare and I never understood what was going on in that like that cartoon is crazy. I don't know. Town. Is that like the SpongeBob SquarePants of its day? Like where it makes no sense. It's just like random people it was, yelling. No, it was more like like before Ninja Turtles. I can still sing part of that jingle too. Captain Bucky O'Hare. Da-da. Bucky. Bucky, Bucky O'Hare. O'Hare. I I like. But it was it. like mutants on in space. They were animals. Kind of like Samurai Pizza Cats, or yeah. Biker Mice from Mars, or biker Street Sharks. Mice. Sounds like you guys are just making up jokes about the <laughs> No, these are real <laughs> cartoons. <laughs> I haven't heard of any of these. I haven't heard of any of these. You haven't to heard me, of... Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles is, is, a, is a Saturday morning cartoon. That's right up there with X-Men as far as like awesome cartoons go. Well, and that's a distinction that we haven't really gotten into because Saturday morning cartoons versus primetime <laughs> cartoons. Because in the 60s and 70s, cartoons played at like after dinner time. Like there was, that was an era Whereas we moved into this Saturday morning era. Well, and you talked about early morning cartoons. Yeah. The cartoons that I connect with the most are the after-school cartoons, Batman the Animated Series, which I'd like to reserve time to speak about later. Yeah. Well, no, yeah, yeah that's right. So there's like the early morning cartoons, which were the reruns of like old cartoons. That's those, which are the ones I connect with the most. But the after-school cartoons were the ones that I would, like, I would run Rush. across the street while traffic was going so they could get home in time to watch Gummy Bears. Uh, but this is the thing: is my after-school cartoons are not Batman the Animated Series. My after-school cartoons are Gummy Bears and Darkwing Duck, and like uh, Tailspin. Tailspin, oh, oh, right? Tailspin. Like those were the, those were the cartoons that were playing after school. Like, and if I got if if I like left school and ran home and I got home at like three oh five, I'd be able to catch the last twenty five minutes of Gummy Bears because I wouldn't have to miss the first five minutes. Or uh, or if none of you will remember this, the raccoons. The yeah. raccoons, yeah. of course, they're all that. Canadian. Do you know Dave? how long it took me? Like it was well into adulthood before I figured out what those pink bad guys were. They were penis heads. No. <laughs> Yeah, they they were penis heads. They had, they they're were, they're anteaters. Yeah, they're, uh, yeah, they they were called anteaters in the show at some point. Well, but that was entirely lost on me. Again, very sheltered childhood. I'm pretty sure their penises coming off their faces. Do you, you guys remember the smoggies? Do you, do you know what a penis looks one? like, Dave? Apparently, I don't. Well, fair enough. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, Scott. The smog. I was simply trying to get the conversation away from describing characters as. But don't ruin know, my childhood. Please. You, mentioned, you mentioned Ren and Stimpy, and it was in my teenage years that like Beavis and Butthead and Ren and Stimpy came out, and the whole much music and um, Teletoon kind of revolution happened. Of like, yeah. oh, cartoons can be dirty; they can be for adults, and kind of the same way that. I feel like our generation grew up with skateboarding, where skateboarding was something that we did as kids, and it's still something we do as adults. She says we, as if all of us at this table are skate skaters. None and of us. None have, of us are. None of us are. No, we can't. But the no. metaphor holds. Yeah. Uh, and kind of the same with cartoons, in that I grew up with cartoons, but I've never left them behind as something that only kids do, because there's now a plethora of cartoons for adults. American Dad, South Park, Family Guy, Robot Chicken, which is taking us, Simpsons, of which course. Which is taking us out of the after-school cartoons. So is there anything else you want to say about after-school cartoons before we move into this realm of adult cartoon? There's got to be a better term for it than adult cartoon because that makes me think of different things. Well, they're just, yeah. I, I, my, I remember The Zone on YTV, and I would one show that stands out for me because I can't get the theme song out of my head 
Uh, it's just this terrible curse I have growing up. I watch too much TV. Uh, the show called The Bots Master. It was, I think, if I remember correctly, it was a brother and sister duo who were really like technical geniuses that built these amazing robots and artificial intelligence, and they fought these tyrannical governments. I'm going to take a guess and say that one person listening to this podcast knows what you're talking about, but continue. And that's who I'm speaking to right now. Yeah. You out there, Botmaster fan. Um, hey, but yeah, that was, yeah. <laughs> but that was my, that was one of, that was like one of my go-tos for a long time. That and Pokemon when it came out, but... Mm. But that was... Uh, so it wasn't Cadillacs and Dinosaurs? No, that was Saturday morning cartoons. <laughs> Denver the Last Dinosaur, Cadillacs and Dinosaurs. Wait, that's a cartoon? Cadillacs and Dinosaurs was definitely one that I watched that's on Saturday ridiculous. mornings. See, sat- that Cadillacs and Dinosaurs was the Saturday morning cartoon near the end of my Saturday morning cartoon watching childhood. Like when I was just starting to get out of it and become like, you know, a teenager who slept in, uh, right? Like, because kids for some reason don't sleep in. That's why they have Saturday morning cartoons. <laughs> Uh, but yeah, I remember Cadillacs and Dinosaurs. Yeah, I don't think it was very good. It it it's it was a bit too grown up for me at the time. I watched it, I liked it because it was had dinosaurs in it, but it was a little bit too grown up. I still don't know what a Cadillac is. So it's a like car. Well, I get that it's a car. Well, I can't believe none of you mentioned Transformers. Was that not seminal in any of your childhoods? Not the original for me. It was Beast Wars for me eventually. Yeah, Beast Wars as well because Transformers is just just older than I am. It, it's one of the ones that. Would have been in syndication for like weekday mornings, but I think it was too popular to go into syndication for weekday mornings. So it was like syndicated probably. It was probably that Saturday at 8 p.m. or something. I have no idea what Transformers was on. I think 84 is the Transformers movie. Transformers the movie. I remember the movie. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So my after school cartoons, and I can't believe we haven't mentioned them yet, were Tiny Toons. Yeah. Which was that kind of like updated version of Looney Tunes. Mm -hmm. Uh and Animaniacs, Animaniacs which was yeah. their response to Tiny Toons. And the Animaniacs was insane. Like, when I think about those sketches now or go back and watch some of them, they're yeah. very dark. And everyone would sing along with, their pinky and, and the brain, their pinky and the brain. One is a genius, the other's insane. But the thing that that show did very interestingly uh, was it had lots of shorts throughout the half hour. Mm-hmm. So it, it kind of brought back that Looney Tunes concept. It was pretty much the last of the vaudeville cartoons. Yeah. Where where they really treated them like it was meant to be a whole experience um, thrown Yeah, which thrown is sort together. of left over from the era of, of uh, Walt Disney. Like before Walt, before Disney started out as like the monster they are today, they were doing little shorts and, and things before movies in the theater. And that's what cartoons were. That's where they lived was these like little shorts before actual movies. And when Disney was like, no, you know what? We're going to make full-length feature cartoon movies that are like an hour and a half. And everyone was like, you're crazy, man. It's like, no, we're going to do it. And did it. Uh, and, and actually succeeded in that, that realm. The little cartoon still survived on television and in that Looney Tunes. Uh, what, was, what was the other one? Tiny Tunes? Well, there's like, you know, like there's the Bugs Bunny and stuff. But then there's also the like Daffy Duck crew. Like there's like the two worlds of, of Looney That's Tunes. The- Bugs Bunny and... Daffy Duck are in the same universe. Oh, there's another universe where there's other. You're thinking cartoons. Disney. Mm. Am I thinking Disney? Am You're I thinking, thinking Disney. I don't know. I feel like I'm thinking someone else. Because I feel like Bugs Bunny has a counterpart. Mickey Mouse. I'm pretty sure it's Mickey Mouse. Anyway. <laughs> Anyways. Um, so yeah. Anyway, sorry. Leftover. That that's a vaudeville kind of like small short cartoon concept, which we've now more or less gotten away from completely. Well, yeah, except for things with, like, Robot Chicken, which we've decided is stop animation and totally out. Um, but I, I would say it's interesting that cartoons have settled into this half hour or 22 minutes, really, format. And car- when we think of cartoons, whether they're kids or adult, it's 22 minutes. It's not an hour. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, and, I mean, occasional exceptions like Clone Wars, right, which was these six-minute episodes... The, the first no. Clone Wars, wasn't it? Oh, the first Clone Wars was a mini-series. Okay. So I think it's three, 45-minute. Like, it, okay. it is longer. Yeah. Or it's like a full feature. But, no, but the Clone the, Wars okay. are 22 minutes. Okay. So, yeah, it is. That's the format for, for a cartoon television show. Yeah. But I think that's that just falls into the... Uh, that just comes from the format of television we've settled into, which is all television is half hour. Uh, and comedies are half hour and dramas are an hour. And since there aren't very, very many cartoon dramas, if one could say there are any cartoon dramas, 
uh, I think the 22 minute like our quote unquote half hour with commercials, which don't exist anymore, but you know, you get the, <laughs> with commercials, that that format's just television has has won that fight. Spawn was a cartoon drama, or was that more of an action? I would say it was an action, cartoony, science fiction, fantasy type thing. But not a comedy. Yeah, definitely that genre. Definitely that one genre. Yeah, <laughs> yeah that one genre. No, as in With like, a protagonist from it's hell. Not a, it's not a drama. Right. Yeah. It's, yeah, okay. it's not a drama. So yeah, it's and just and everything it else. And it was still a half-hour program. Yeah, but it won't get into an hour until it's a drama. It's the same thing. All, all television programs, the dramas go the, half, the full hour. Like Game of Thrones, Breaking Bad, uh, Lost, something that's like dramatic and tense and... All that. Those are the hour-long shows. So I remember Reboot, which I think was the first kids computer animated cartoon. Computer animated, computer yeah. animated yeah. cartoon. Yeah. Cac, cac, a cack. Yeah, and it was like very basic, very basic shapes, but still really good for its time. And watching Clone Wars, like I can see where we get from Reboot to something like Clone Wars, and I'm really fascinated by how good that computer animation curve has gotten. Uh, it's fascinating to me, too, to see something like Green Lantern, which is also computer animated, but they actually, they didn't they didn't go for verisimilitude. They went somewhere in the middle of that curve with blocky, blocky characters and shapes, even though it's, like, brand new. Yeah, cartoon technique has changed lots. And I think, um, yeah, the computer generation, not every cartoon's gone that way, but it's definitely influenced the way they animate. Yeah, I, I think that that's absolutely right. And and we have the one direction, which will be the Pixar direction, where we're going to eventually have cartoons that are very real looking. But the problem is still going to be the time to get those out on a on a weekly basis isn't going to be there. But they did a there was a Toy Story cartoon series. There's a car to, uh, cartoon series that are television series for kids. And they they have to give up some of the detail that you see in Pixar. But at the same time, they're still... Um, honoring some of the Pixar style, and I still disagree with that. They're going to eventually look real. Not all, not all of them, but I think that I think that there's going to be. I think we're going to reach a point where some people are trying to make cartoons closer to a uh, a real look. You don't think so? I hope that never happens. Why not? I think uh, the the beauty and uh, and uh, the great thing about cartoons is that they don't look real. Which means you can have things like a bunny as your main character, and because it's a cartoon, you can uh, anamorphize it. What do you call it? Is that what it is? Anthropomorphize. Anthropomorphize it. Yeah, I guess anthropom anthropomorphize is like just turning it into anthropology. Uh to ant. What is it? What's the word? Anthropomorphize. Anthropomorph to make it human-like. To make it human-like. To to personify it. Uh, you can do that with a bunny rabbit when you personify it, or a dinosaur in the Good Dinosaur. To um, um, and you can make them look like characters that we can connect with. Whereas if we start making it look real and too real, then it'll look more like one of those dogs with peanut butter in their mouths thing where the dog's mouth moves and it talks, but it just feels so wrong because real dogs don't talk. Um, and and I think the beauty of cartoons is that they can do that. And they can do things like you know have your main character fall off of a building and land on his face. And it's not real looking because that <laughs> would be tragic and like uh, like Grand Theft Auto to kids. <laughs> And expensive. And expensive. But I think I think Steve was right in the sense that in the long run, the cost will eventually get low enough that you could animate them to look real. But I don't think – I hope it never goes that way personally. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, no, I, I do get what you're saying. And I, I guess I just see the, the jump from something like Reboot to to now the – there, there is the, the the change to make things look more real in some ways, but I think you're right. At the same time, there's a degree to which, if they do that, it's going to make them actually harder to be cartoons and harder to live in the cartoon world. The, the violence we see on cartoons is unbelievably violent sometimes. It is, and it, but it's not happening to real people. Wiley e. Coyote, poor. Man. <laughs> Sorry, you have to you have to scratch that out. Um, poor poor guy, Wiley e. Coyote. He got blown up and fell off, fell off cliffs and got ran over so many times. Yeah. Well, and you see that same thing uh, in Futurama. One of the things I love about Futurama is their willingness to torture their characters. In that, uh, I think they when they rebooted, they had them all die in a plane in a space crash, 
and their bodies were all just skeletons and they put them in some goo and out they came like because they can do anything with these characters anything with these bodies because they're not having to pay for the special effects they're just drawing it and so they really stretch the limits of what that means like fry can die all the time uh bender can lose his body parts and that like what stories can we tell when we can do anything we want to our characters and that is what fascinates me about cartoons that they can tell these absurd ridiculous heightened stories well and that's that's one of the beautiful things about the the cartoon style and we've talked about this before with things like ender's game in how you think that it would be much more better suited to a cartoon to fit the what happens in the story because for starters children are terrible actors hey i said it again but also because it there's a lot that happens in there that is hard to show through regular effects I totally agree. Uh, and I think actually to, to riff on what Missy's saying too, not just the fact that we can do whatever we want to our characters, but that well, we can do whatever we want with our stories. Like I think it was Neil Gaiman who, who said when they, made the, when they made Stardust into a movie, and he said all I had to do was write the word airship, and in the movie they had to build an entire airship. And the difference in like how hard that was to do, he just types airship, they build one. Uh, cartoons is like that nice middle ground where we're not necessarily, it's not as simple as just saying the word airship, but it is... Uh, it is simpler to draw an airship than it is to build one. Yeah, and that gets down to the budget thing. Like, I think techno between technology getting better and budgets getting a little bigger or being able to do more with their budget, that's why you get the quality you do out of animation today. Yeah. Okay, okay. So I think we've, we've done a good job of kind of uh, defining the scope here and then looking at uh, kind of the different eras of cartoons. Yeah, and I'm sure there are more era, like types of cartoons and eras we didn't get into. We touched on adult cartoons. We didn't get too far into them, but there's a lot of different types of cartoons. Yeah, yeah. But I think I think now would be a good time to move into specifics, and and uh, that's where where I think we will turn a little bit yeah. to our guests. Well, yeah, I think because we have a panel of people, a panel. See how I said panel. Uh, and how Scott and Missy actually watch cartoons. <laughs> and the reason you're on the show is because Steve-O and I wanted to talk about cartoons. But I don't really watch any on a regular basis anymore. I'm kind of over and it. And in fact, when I watch cartoons, you make fun of the fact that the character voices are so loud and grating and annoying that you can't stand it. So I have to watch them in another room or wait till you leave. I sound like an old man when you say that. Steve, can you edit that out of the podcast? <laughs> nope. You, you are an old man, Dave. But it's true. I find cartoon voices on Futurama especially very loud and obnoxious and hard to listen to if I'm not watching it. It's a very different story when someone else is watching in the other room and all you hear are voices. And, and my expertise when expertise, I air quoted that. Uh, you can say expertise. Have you been watching cartoons for over 12 years? Uh, yes. Expert. Master's degree uh, in cartoonery, been, but my my a lot of my fond memories and a lot of where I speak uh, speak to when it comes to cartoons comes from having grown up indoctrinated in that culture of Saturday morning cartoons where you eat your cereal like trick Lucky Charms, go downstairs and watch TV for four hours. That's kind of where I come from on this. Oh yeah, I have some favorite cartoons of mine mm -hmm. that I love more than anything. Like I will watch X Men still today. No, Dave, we're done. That's what it does. It does the drumming. Yeah, but we stopped before the drum. We only get two bars. It's great. It was great up until then. So let's let's turn it over to our our panel here. And what I would love to to start with are like what is like what would you say is like one of your top cartoons today that like that is really like nailing the format of a cartoon like it's it's hitting the wonderful animation style it's got the violence stuff or whatever like they can do whatever they want to the characters they can do whatever they want with the sets and are telling great stories and doing a wonderful job of being a cartoon uh today um so one of mine that i i marathoned on netflix was attack on titan um, it's this absolutely horrifying uh, world in which um, it's an anime and it's a horrifying world in which human beings uh, have had to retreat behind mat like three sets of massive walls to protect themselves from these monstrous, monstrously large humanoid creatures, anywhere from like 12 feet tall to like 100 feet tall. They're massive. Can I ask you a quick question? Yes. Is it? A, would you consider it an anime, or, is, or would you consider it a cartoon, or is a cartoon an anime? Well, it's, it, I think it fits into the parameters that we've described. In terms definitely. Of, definitely. Yeah, anime but is, is definitely cartoons. But does it have that extra defining quality of being an anime, which I'm not sure exactly. I think it, it's just the style of cartoon that makes it an anime. 
And the, and well, and that it's from Japan. And that it is from Japan. Yeah. But, okay. So it is an anime then. Yes. Okay. Cool. It is an Conti- anime. Sorry. Continue. Yes. I just wanted to check in because I yeah, I've yeah. never heard of it. Um, it's uh, and it's just gruesome and brutal. Um, these humans have a, an absolutely awful existence because these titans are, they eat us, and it's it's nasty and violent. But it's a uh, it's a riveting story. It's well, well drawn, well executed, and uh, it made me scared and freaked out, which a cartoon hasn't really had that effect on me ever. Hmm. So it was a really unique experience. Can, can you describe the art direction? I don't know if I have the vocabulary to describe it, but... Well, like, what's the palette? Or, like, is um, it fast images? Yes. Fast, it, it's, uh, people might disagree, but my perception of the show is that it is quick. It, it's, it's fast. It's very precise. Um, when you see the greens, it's, it's really meaningful because they're behind these walls. They live in these urban environments, so they don't get to experience forests and nature very often so the scenes where they're out outside the walls trying to explore um you really get to it's like a gift you get to see that because you don't get to see it they, they don't get to see it very often and when they do their lives are in extreme peril so when we get to see it we you know it's this cognitive dissonance of enjoying the environment but at the same time being terrified for the characters nice so so sounds like the story is fantastic um and that's what's keeping you super enthralled in it. And what, what what about it is making it like a other than story is making it an excellent cartoon, uh, as opposed to like if if that was not a cartoon, would the story still be just as riveting? Like, what is the cartooniness of it that makes it awesome? Um, that there's that there's no possible way that that like these characters could do the things they do in it. The monsters are so like it ha- it, to me. It's almost the monsters are so terrifying that they had to come from somebody's imagination and that they, they couldn't have come from any place of real despite the fact that they look like just oddly shaped large humans that just eat people um i don't know if that answers your question sure well there are only so many andre the giants right yeah. like you, we don't have this full set of actors that look inhuman but at the same time are human mm-hmm. and it sounds like these 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 villains or bad guys yeah. are like I mean, Andre the Giant would be what I would say, but on on a grander scale. Missy, you had something to say about it. I, I think, think that's mean to Andre the Giant. I think he's wonderful, Missy. And I think he knows how he built his career. Uh, yeah, my favorite favorite cartoon. Oh yeah, go. Go yeah, sure. yeah, 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 definitely. Do it. I, I already know what it is, but tell everyone else. Uh, it's Avatar: The Last Airbender. Oh my! Why didn't I say that? I don't oh, know. I, I was you, really I thought, glad you didn't. I thought you were going to say it. No, uh, please do. We can all talk about Avatar. I've actually watched some of it. And then I started watching it and burned past him. And then he refused to watch it and catch up. Yeah, that's uh, what happens in marriages when one watches the show past the point of the other person. No bitterness there. So- no, it's just we have a rule for that normally in the world. <laughs> it's an unspoken rule. <laughs> uh, but. Avatar, why is it my favorite? And why do I think it exemplifies everything we've been talking about about cartoons? So uh, like Scott, I really appreciate good writing. Uh, and the the threads that go all the way through the narrative arc of the show is incredibly tight. Each season is themed around one of the four elements that they use. They're basically ninjas who fight with elements like wind, water, fire, air. Uh, and heart. No, heart's uh, not in Heart, heart isn't one of them. Although we could argue no. that at the end of it, it does come in too. No. Nope. It's not one of them. <laughs> That's a different cartoon series, Captain Planet, which will oh, go down in history as the best cartoon. Well, yeah. Uh, so it's, it's very tightly written. There's an overarching narrative. Uh, but then each of the episodes has a lot of jokes. They combine the humor of a kid's cartoon with kind of the more serious fantasy elements incredibly well. There's... I always think that there's not an offer dropped in the show. Like, there's not something that they put out at the beginning that they don't find the answer for or discover or pick up later in the show and use, and it's beautiful. But also the art direction. Like, you can't do... Oh, use uh, the art direction. Like, the coloring of it, each of the different uh, element users or nations is colored in a different way and a different palette. Um... And they they combine some of this anime influence. It's absolutely it was made by Nickelodeon, but uh, when they fight the big bad spirits that turn into monsters, you can see the influence of anime in uh, how the characters, the bad guys, almost look like. Have you seen Spirited Away? They kind of have this like spirit looking 
simplicity to them. Yeah, everyone's seen Spirited Away. Well, if you haven't seen it, you should see it. You should go see it. Uh, and then what they do with the medium. So obviously they couldn't have even made this show in uh, live action. Proven by how bad the live action movie is. I was about to say that this is one where they actually have attempted to do it as live action. And it's hard to say if it could have been done because the movie was made by our favorite director on the show, M. Night Shyamalan. M. Night Shyamalan, who ruins lots of things. But his storytelling was so bad that it's hard to say whether the movie could have worked if they'd done a better story. Right. So they so by using cartoons, they're able to do incredible things with the elements that would be very expensive to do otherwise. But two, in the live action movie, the reason that's so bad is because they forgot the humor part. Particularly in what's the boy's character's name? Why can't I remember? Uh, Sokka. Sokka. Sokka's character is the comic relief of the whole show, and they just dropped his funniness and made him this boring, flat character. Well, and a lot of the comedy in the show comes from like the uh, the sort of cartoony, uh, like you Mishaps. hit your you hit your foot and you go like boing, and your eyes get all like like circly and stuff like those sort of little moments that you can you do in cartoons that in a live action would look like a Three Stooges parody, and that would not be funny. It would be kind of cheesy and crappy. Yeah, but it's absolutely my favorite cartoon. And I talk to every kid I talk to, I'm like, have you seen it yet? You should see it. Well, and I mean, I I think a lot about this. Why not? Why couldn't it be live action for, for a lot of these cartoons? Because, I mean, the first thing you guys both talked about was the story and how it made you feel. Which... But we're both writers. Yeah, but I, I think yeah, what's Steve's point here? I, I agree. I think is that is that novels can accomplish the same thing as having a great story. Like Avatar could have just been a great novel, but what makes it so cartoony? And I think Avatar has a nice visual element to it that does make it better as a cartoon than just a written story or a or a live animation, live a live action film. But Steve, I'll continue your your point. Well, and I think about Samurai Jack, which is a, a cartoon that I really enjoy. Fantastic. Yeah, and and what it does with the medium of cartoon is it it allows them to live in this mildly real world of the the future, uh, with Jack being this uh, this wonderfully drawn character who seems real and and careful and 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 all uh, and all polish on the on the animation side, but then the villain Aku is allowed to shapeshift and flow and be what the scene needs him to be in ways that aren't supposed to look real. And and his magic is never supposed to look real. And so he can he can grow or shrink or turn into mist. And it all you're allowed to see all that in a cartoon and it's supposed to seem fantastic. Whereas when you try and do a lot of that stuff in the real world it causes weird questions like transformers when you do a live action transformers you start to question well how does optimus prime prime fit all of that stuff when he switches forms and and because it's the real world and we want to ask those questions and how was there a planet that evolved robots to look like cars on earth but like well but... they learned to look like cars when they got here but that's oh, that's, okay. a, that's a side okay. note. that's a side that's a side note. <laughs> it clearly explains. Yeah, but it is that is that uh, ability to do the impossible that makes it beautiful. And like another a cartoon that's that I guess near and dear to I'm going to say everyone's heart is the Grinch who stole Christmas, right? Just that little animated short that everyone has seen every Christmas, and it's a, you can't not you can't no one hates it. At least I don't think anybody You're hates a it. Mean one. Right, and it's just like this nice short little well done thing that they also have made into a real live action thing and the live action thing loses so much of the beauty and wonder uh, of the uh, cartoon and the cartoon was taken from a storybook and turned into moving pictures but the difference between a uh, uh, a kid's a children's I guess I'm gonna say cartoon book but what would you call it um storybook a picture book a storybook with pictures would you call the cartoon book yeah no because no. cartoons cartoons aren't only animated Draw yeah, like Dilbert yeah Right. Um, there was a Dilbert TV series. Right. Um, but uh, but it was taken from the pages of a of a drawn book, and just all they did was add action and movement to it. But once you take out those drawn pages and start trying to recreate it in the real world, I think you're right. Is you lose a lot of it. The Grinch looks looks kind of weird and gross. And his great. heart, like the one of the beauties of seeing his heart grow, 
Yeah. That would be weird in a the live physics action. physics of the trees that kind of curl and the little who's and how they move. And it's like that in the real world that looks weird and you, mm-hmm. you can't – the physics of it would make the tree fall over. Uh, whereas in a cartoon, you let all of that go because it is clearly – drawn and yeah. looks cartoonish and and just the going back to the to avatar and why it failed maybe one of the reasons why it did fail as a feature-length film i uh when you see the world in the, the cartoon world of avatar you see the water as it's portrayed in the cartoon show and you realize that is water um so when they move it it all makes sense and it looks proper and it looks right and then you, you try to translate that to the real world um you see real water and then they have to like move their hands to move it and it looks CGI animated. It look, doesn't look like it, they did a very good job of it. Yeah, they so show it, it real takes water you. and animated moving water. So it it, it takes you out of it immediately, as opposed to being still being seeing cartoon water, and still be watching them move it, and you're still immersed in that world, as opposed to being taken out of it. Yeah. Wow. Cool. Well, I mean, a cartoon it can imply a lot, uh, and we forgive its rough edges, like. We, we don't need to see exactly how Optimus Prime fits his entire body into the robot form from a, from a truck because we, we watch it and it looks fluid enough and we're fine with it. Well, because the rules of a cartoon world are different. They are, I mean, and that's what Roger Rabbit gets at, right? Like that they are absurd rules. They are a heightened reality. And you want to see, a good cartoon uses that heightened reality to the utmost, which is why you see so many superhero cartoons because... They can fly, they can do, and it, and it fits into this very simplistic, but also very imaginative world. Well, and that's exactly the lesson that Michael Jordan had to learn in Space Jam. <laughs> he had to learn how to abide by the rules of the cartoon. Hmm, tell me more. No. Um, no. Uh, <laughs> okay. We mentioned superheroes, and I really wanted to, I really wanted to bring up the Batman, because I, I wanted to hear you talk about Batman a lot. So which what Batman? That's not an animated series. Batman That's like the a, animated a whole series. bunch of movies and stuff. They made an animated yeah, yes. series. Yes, Batman the animated series. Please talk. Uh, which is a very close second for me. Uh, and this is where we get to the question of art direction because the beautiful thing they did on Batman the animated series is they animated on black panels. So they started with black or gray panels and then painted on the color of the scene. Uh, and if you watch it, it is very dark. Everything is shadows. There's hardly any white, as opposed to starting with a white page and painting on color. Um, and it makes the whole thing, it's infused with this gothic uh, German expressionism. All the towers go way up to the top. And there's this very specific angular world that Batman lives in that's very different than, say, uh, than, say, Spider, X-Men. Spider, well, X-Men or Spider Man, Spider Man, which was out around the same time, because uh, I remember both of these being on television. And there was the Spider Man, which not Spider-Man? the old school one where it was yeah. like uh, Spider Man, Spider Man. No, you're thinking yeah. of Spider Man. No, that one, I know the theme song, the one that came out after the that one. That Spider-Man? was the Amazing Spider Man that had a little more. That was like the the counterpart. Do, 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 it's upbeat. Do, yeah, right? it was more positive, upbeat, very colorful, very cartoony. Uh, whereas Batman the Animated Series is much more of like a dark comic strip. And re-watching it as an adult, I don't know. Well, I know how I was able to watch it as a kid. My parents weren't home yet, but it was super <laughs> dark. It has the distinction of being the first animated t- children's show to show shooting bullets hitting people. Yeah. So up till then, it had been lasers or not real bullets, but this was like a bullet hitting someone, they bled. Yeah, that's I, I Oh, did, geez. I did know that fact. Now I think of Gargoyles, because there was an episode about that that was very controversial in which a gargoyle shot a human cop. Whoa. It was it was pretty yeah pretty intense playing with a gun at home. But you go back and watch like there's an episode in Batman the animated series where uh, somebody cuts a Joker off in traffic and then the Joker stalks him for like five years and like finds him and makes him pull this heist with him and uh, that's like Batman's only in it at the end to save the day. The rest of it is this really creepy story of the Joker stalking this poor man. Yeah, and a lot of the Batman animated series was just great storytelling in in like the film noir. In film noir, they turned Batman into a film noir detective story, which is great, and he already kind of is, so it wasn't that hard of a leap. Um, but the animation of it does make it stand out as like a very different looking cartoon from any other cartoon you'll watch. Uh, yeah, and I will say uh, the animators on Batman and the animated series have moved on to do Young Justice. It's a little brighter because the Justice League is a different palette, uh, but you can act absolutely still see the angular kind of animation style. And 
the kind of harder line storytelling in that TV show. That's I, with oh sorry no no I was just gonna say I tried to watch the first couple of ep- episodes of Young Justice and had to shut it off. Yeah, I watched the first four and I gave up. Yeah, because it. But have you watched the Batman animated series? Yeah, I've oh, seen sorry. a couple episodes. Batman the animated series, Thank not you. the Batman animated series. I did that wrong. Yeah. Batman BTS. Have you watched BTS? I've seen I've seen some of it and it looks beautiful and it, it there I from what I've seen it's this the dark storyline and the storytelling I think works and it I mean the the cartoon aspects of it fit with the characters so well darker shadows and it it all and you know I think it also has the distinction of creating a new character to the Batman universe which was Harley Quinn Harley Quinn came Medicine from Batman Woman. the animated series which is amazing that. Uh, a cartoon version of the the Batman, like one of the most popular superhero stories ever, managed to create a new character that got added into canon, basically, as far as I know. Yeah, no, that absolutely is true. Wow, I didn't know that. Well, and again, think about her character. Her character exists very well in a heightened world. She's someone, uh, when she's introduced, she's introduced as kind of like, something like the Joker's secretary. She's his, his assistant, and she's kind of not obsessed, but she also wears face paint, and it's totally into the whole thing. Um, and as her character evolves, she ends up becoming, in like the comics, something else, like a psychologist she falls in love with him or something. I just have to correct one thing you said, oh. and then riff on something you said. Uh, the correction is that the Joker doesn't wear face makeup. He was That's just what he Thank looks you. like. Thank you. Um, uh, she might wear face makeup. I don't know her story that well, but he doesn't. Come on, he's the Joker. He was burned by acid or something, um, <laughs> or whatever happened to him. But uh, the thing I want uh, to riff on that you said that I think is a huge, important distinction about why cartoons work and cartoons work better than real action stories is the heightened reality stuff. And I think we've talked about it and we've been touching at it this whole episode, but I think that that heightened reality is what makes Batman the Animated Series so much fun to watch because I, I believe that the Joker could exist in that world. Same with comic books where it's this heightened world. But as soon as it becomes a live action movie and the Joker becomes incredibly dark and a lot of what he is doing is less believable because there's physics in the world and I don't know how he's doing all that he's doing, but I'll let it go in a cartoon. Well, and I mean, you also don't like The Dark Knight for its but huge that is, plot flaws. But that is the reason, is that yeah. the, the heightened reality, they're, they're going for an ultra reality in The Dark Knight, and yet still the plot involves so many heightened reality moments that counter, that goes counter, and it, it doesn't fit with the ultra reality. And so there's this disconnect there, which is why when I watch it, I end up rolling my eyes a lot at like, how did he do? Oh, that's impossible. That's but when I watch the cartoon, it's a total heightened reality. So when the Joker can like disappear or Batman can like jump off a building and open his cape and fly to the next building over and roll perfectly, I'm like, yeah, no, heightened reality. I get it. Yeah, yeah. Well, and that I mean, that's everything from the the way that Wiley e. Coyote, when he smashes into a wall, turns into a pancake. We we don't question the physics of it. Whereas in the the new Star Wars, we question a lightsaber that has that has lightsaber hilts because that doesn't even make sense. You, know, you would cut your own hand off. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, and 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 the distinction is we are living in a world that looks like the star wars world somewhat the people the people seem like people the world seems like our like world and the world of the movie are the same whereas our world and the world of the cartoon are totally different exactly do you have anything to say about batman i just wanted to hear you guys talk about it because my my <laughs> i didn't have uh i watched it and i loved it um it was one of my first introductions to batman that wasn't the adam west batman. Yeah. which is the best batman just so we're clear clearly um <laughs> okay uh, but it, the I, Style Guide podcast has a stance on that. The best Batman is the Adam West Batman. Okay. No, send your angry email to uh, at the Style uh, Guide. Just, just forward me the email address to send that to, and I'll I'll get on that. Uh, the I liked it just because it was Batman and it was interesting, and I it's nice that I can look back on it now and appreciate it the way that I couldn't as a kid. Um, it actually makes you want to go back and and rewatch it. Oh man, the thing I love is they have like a an opening panel where they do a picture of what the episode is about with the title of the episode. And it would actually play before the, the start of the episode. And they're beautiful, expressionist, very minimalist images. And I love, love that attention to detail. 
Yeah, it's gorgeous. It's amazing. But you mentioned uh, Star Wars, so I want to jump to Clone Wars, which uh, I started watching and wrote a very long essay about because I was so upset about how terrible it was. But then returned to it later, kept watching, and that's a really interesting uh, cartoon for two reasons. Actually, three. One, that it's actually better than the prequels. We'll let we'll leave that as it is. Two, that they started making it for kids, which is why I stopped watching, because it was just too simplistic. But they realized very soon about uh, season two that only adults were watching it and uh, changed their writing direction entirely and started really getting in to these dark, complicated, intricate stories that were just beautiful. Like, what, it, what do you do if you are a clone and you're in a clone army? How do you feel about that? And dealing with those kind of things. But three, and the piece I really want to talk about here, is the beautiful art direction. Because it is computer generated, but it looks hand painted. And it's a beautiful choice that they made that heightens the reality. And for me, as an animated version of the Star Wars universe, fits very well. There's this fairy tale quality to the way they've used the color to make it look like paint. And I love it. Love it, love it, love it. I've never watched it. I, I mean, I, I agree with her entirely on the art stuff. I think that that, that 100%. I have a lot of comments about the costuming for women and how poor it is in that show, but we'll leave those. You can say how poor it is in cartoons in general. I think the way women are, are drawn versus how men are drawn. Well, it's, that's yeah. a whole, I think that's, a very, <laughs> that's an entire podcast unto itself. But I mean, then there was a lot of backlash like early in the 60s. Like Part of the reason why when like Saturday morning cartoons, there was a lot of pushback against it because... Um, it was it first of all Saturday morning cartoons came about when uh, advertisers realized oh we can concentrate children's attention for four hours why don't we just inundate them with toys and products that they go and pull on their parents' clothing to make them come and buy their products um, but there was so that was part of the reason for the backlash was this consumerism um, but also cartoons rely a lot on stereotypes and tropes. Because for whatever reason, maybe it's because they have a shorter time frame they have to work with. So they need people to understand um, what the point they're trying to get across. So it's like the sooner we can establish um, gender binaries in our characters right away, the sooner we can get on with the more important. Like, I shouldn't say more important, but we can get on with the rest of the show. Um, so there are problematic elements, of course, yeah, since the 60s. Well, I think we are uh, getting near the end of the podcast here so uh steve did you have one more thing to say you looked like you were maybe going to say something it's neat being able to see your face and realize that oh maybe steve was going to say something well and i I think you're right to point to cartoons as being troubled in not not just in their gender portrayal but in their character portrayals in general everything is a uh a shorthand uh, because it has to be um for for starters uh Car- Saturday morning cartoons aren't for a while weren't 22 minutes they were shorter than that the the commercial breaks were actually longer than they were on a on a regular show so because they could do that to children because children's attention spans are weird um, and so they had even less time that they were working with but the, you run into this with every single television show that's half hour long you know the big bang theory relies entirely on cliches yeah. Well, and and anything. Never watched it. Can't put it. Don't. You don't need to watch it. But but it's it's any any short format needs those short hands in order to operate, uh, because of how much work it goes into creating a fully fledged three dimensional character. Ha! Three dimensional. Uh, yeah, and also just like, and the more subtle you get with it, it still remains the same. The fact that. When it's a real person sitting there in front of a camera, if they move their eyebrows and hold their face a certain way, we know how to read their expression, understand how they're feeling and all that kind of subtlety. Whereas if it's a cartoon drawn, to draw that subtlety in the face is much more difficult. Uh, And only nowadays with like Pixar's films, which we haven't spent much time, we we hardly talked about Pixar at all in this podcast, uh, but they are killing the cartoon form. But they... And killing it like in a good way and a bad way because both um, Inside Out and The Good Dinosaur came out this year. Yeah. Uh, (laughs) Um, but the way they are starting to draw faces and, and make such great expressions and such wonderful animations is, is starting to change a little bit of that. So they can do some more subtle storytelling, and they do. Exactly, exactly. And the question will be whether that bleeds into the cartoon television series as kids see them or not. 
Yeah, but I would also counter that with that's where the voice acting comes in. Because the drawings and the animation is simple, but the voice acting carries a lot of the emotion and resonance. And that's why you can't stand listening to it in another room, because um, line to line, the emotions have to switch. And a great example of that is Archer, where uh, it's an adult cartoon where the characters hardly change their looks, like their their clothes don't even change, really. Uh and yet they carry so much of the emotion in their voices. I would say it, uh, that Archer actually is, is not too much emotion in their voices. It's the, it is the shorthand for their voices where they are, are giving you the character's voice so you know that it's that character that's speaking super clearly. So they have to maintain that same thing, which is why those kind of uh, shows I hate hearing from the other room because there isn't a change in the voice. It is just always this character is loud and nasally this character is deep voice and sarcastic sounding and they sound the same there's no like like a fluctuation in that in that voice especially in something like the simpsons where multiple voice actors or one voice actor plays multiple characters where it it's impossible it to is do a shorthand sort of like this yeah. is how mo sounds and he always sounds like this and happy mo sounds just like sad mo um but just to get back to like i would say that the idea of nuanced storytelling is is great, and I love that. But there's also I was still able to um, see the emotions of characters. Like there, you can you can take like a blob, give it a face, um, and you can and children will still be able to read emotions off of it. And it's because of that heightened world, their eyes get super big, and suddenly, and their ear, or their ears flop down, and you know they're sad. Um, it's I actually really enjoyed that. So nuance is great, but I remember I remember there being lots of episodes. There's an episode of Ninja Turtles where Michelangelo is staring up at his three brothers, uh, and his three brothers are like these giant, like them turn these giant inflatable balloon type things, and like his whole face just like his eyes get like wide, and he's sad, and it's just. But that's that's what I think Steve was talking about with the shorthand for for things because because of that because of the fact that the faces are just like it's either happy, sad, scared, frightened, the characters can't have much subtlety or depth to their character they need to be like michelangelo the cool surfer dude brother and he's scared uh like the the shorthand and it becomes incredibly important to tell us who this character is because we don't get the subtlety in their facial expressions from from how they're feeling in the situation or who they really are like you like a character can't like you can't have a version of michelangelo that is the cool cocky guy that is at the same time in awe and of his brothers and uncomfortable with his status as the younger brother. You have to have two separate scenes. You have Michelangelo, the super cocky guy, and then this other scene where he looks completely different and almost not even like Michelangelo. Well, and anim- anime does a great job of that. They have like an actual symbolic shorthand <laughs> yeah, with the tears, yeah. with the tears yeah. and the way their eyes move so that you know, oh, this character is experiencing this emotion right now. And it's super heightened, even in really realistic uh, anime. Yeah, I think what we're saying here is everyone should read Scott McCloud's Understanding Comics. Of course, yeah, it's a fantastic no- uh, novel. I call it a novel. <laughs> it's a fantastic fictional novel. <laughs> um, it's a great comic. Comic about comics. Um, so let's just do a quick, uh, quick round of final thoughts on on cartoons because we are kind of out of time here. So uh, I'm going to say, take away uh, guests. You know, what, what are your final thoughts about the, about cartoons? Do you, are they are they great? Are they terrible? Do they serve a wonderful purpose in our world? Uh, are, are we looking forward to the day when there are no more cartoons? Final thoughts on cartoons. Keep them coming. Um, and I love hearing about cartoons that are made by artists and not just mass produced for consumption. Like hearing about Batman, the animated series again is incredible. Um, the, the attention to detail. I love it. Keep them coming. Uh, I enjoy cartoons and keep watching them because my life is already really real. <laughs> like, I have a stressful job. I don't need to come home and watch, like, a drama. I like the escapism and the heightened reality of cartoons. So, yeah, keep them coming. Well, I mean, for for me, it's it's really interesting because this podcast hasn't hasn't done much to change my perception of comics. Uh, I'm, I'm not... Gonna, cartoons. Cartoons, sorry, cartoon comics. Uh, I'm, Same thing. I'm not going to go out and 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 sit down and watch a bunch of cartoons. That's not that's not going to change for me. I I still prefer if I'm going to get my narratives to get them more real. Uh, if I'm going to watch a, a TV show or or read them in a novel and create my own universe entirely, uh, I can appreciate the art direction in a lot of it. I think it's interesting. But Attack on Titan is a great example of something that I've seen like three minutes of and went. I have no interest in watching an entire television show like that. Story sounds interesting enough. I don't need to see it. 
And and so for for me, I'm happy that cartoons exist for the people that like them, but you're going to have a very hard time convincing me to actually sit down so, and watch one. So what you're saying is that you're like totally like being an adult over there. Just like adulting and us kids over here loving liking cartoons. Yeah, says says you who hasn't sat down and watched a, a full cartoon since You don't know me. Uh so uh yeah, I'll, I'll, my final thoughts on uh cartoons. <laughs> uh i i think uh I, again i I don't watch lots of cartoons but i they have a fondness place in my heart and i do enjoy them uh it's on the occasion when the voices aren't too annoying uh, i i love full-length animated features like i'm, I'm a huge fan of pixar's yeah inside you out. love the good dinosaur inside out you said is one of your favorite movies so therefore it it you do like cartoons just not in the 22 minute format of televised uh, serial cartoons mm-hmm. um but i think cartoons hold, hold a special place in the world and i think they're important because of the fact that uh, like as a comedian, you can say things with comedy that you can't say, like a, a, a seriously, through the idea of of of, uh, of jokes. And cartoons, not to say they're jokes, but they are lighthearted. And and the whether you're talking about like political cartoon, like satire satirizing um, political leaders in funny, hilarious ways, or full animated television series that are making light of, of things, or, or not making light of, but putting the context of, of chasing after your dreams and constantly hitting brick walls into like a funny, lighthearted way. Uh, I think that cartoons can tell stories to children especially, but adults as well, that we can't tell them seriously because it would be too shocking and incredibly horrifying to see a real-life story like that, whereas a cartoon can show it, like Inside Out being a perfect example of explaining to children about their emotions. Uh, in a way that they can understand and uh, and that they walk away from it learning what joy and anger and disgust really are. Yeah, well, and and I I think that's a perfect way to 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 look at it. Cartoons do a great job of teaching, in and in uh, Pixar is stellar at it, but a lot of cartoons teach some really important things, particularly for young people. I mean, there you, you see in a lot of cartoons this this connection with loyalty and friendship and, and caring about each other and those sorts of uh, relationship-building things that are super important for, for young people to, to get at a young age. And, and so I think that that's one of the great values that we see in cartoons. Yeah, it is, uh, it's storytelling with a little bit of lightness to it no matter how intense the story is. Well, thank you very much, uh, uh, guests, for coming on. It's been it's been a different sort of experience sitting here watching people while talking on a microphone. Yeah, they're fun. I had a great time. Absolutely. Yeah, thanks for joining us. Uh, maybe we'll have you back again, but probably not because this is not a guest podcast. So, Steve-O, uh, <laughs> it's nice to see your face. Dave, it's nice to see your face. Uh, and I guess I'll talk to you in a couple minutes when we turn off these microphones. <laughs> Normally I say next week, but I'm going to talk to you later today. You're in my house. The conversation will continue the second we stop the podcast, which is now. Mm-hmm.